You're ruining my podcasting experience! <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Four Colour Nerds Cut the Cord podcast, episode 9. I'm Alistair, and I'm joined by some other streaming media nerds. Mal. Hello. Hannah. Hello. And Ryan. Hello. Together we take on television for those who have cast off the tyranny of their local cable provider. Each week we gather here to find a great show to watch from the often overwhelming variety of shows to choose from. We review the prior week's selection, then we pick a new show and do it all over again. This is a review show, so there will be spoilers. This week we have two shows... Trevor Noah, Afraid of the Dark, and Amy Schumer, The Leather Special. Our companion song is All Right by Supergrass, because while the British may be filthy imperialists, they do turn out a good tune now and then. Alright, let's take a listen. So we're reviewing Trevor Noah Afraid of the Dark, which is a special for Netflix, starring Trevor Noah on stage in New York. He's currently the host of The Daily Show, having replaced John Stewart in 2015. Oh, I like the way you say Stewart. (laughs) Everything sounds fancy when said by a Brit. (laughs) I only hear people say it like that when I'm at the Renaissance Fair. Well, it's because we're fancy. (laughs) Trevor Noah Afraid of the Dark was directed by David Paul Meyer. It was written by and starring Trevor Noah. We're also reviewing Amy Schumer, The Leather Special, written, directed, and produced by Amy Schumer. Oh, I didn't realise she did all of the things. Did you not see the credits at the end? It was like, Amy Schumer, Amy Schumer, Amy Schumer, Amy Schumer. Yeah, she has taken control of her special, which I actually really, I think, admire. Resistance is futile. The production will be assimilated. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad that we reviewed two shows this time, two comedy specials, because I think they kind of highlight each other and draw contrasts between them. It's kind of going to make it interesting to talk about, I think. The problem is you don't want to just repeat their material, right? That's not yeah. very interesting to listen to, because we're not professionals. <laughs> we're not half as funny as they are. Yeah, and I don't know a lot about the history of comedy. Like, uh, I don't know, Nerdist or, or whatever. Well, I did do stand-up for a while. I did get paid a couple of times. Oh, that's cool. And this is, I think, my big problem with these, is I did it, and as a result, I can't help but nitpick. Of the two, I enjoyed Amy Schumer's better. Mm-hmm. It's just presentation. This isn't content. I've got a whole different rank for that. I look at Trevor Noah's and I'm like, where is the Noah that I see on The Daily Show? He has much better pacing and he doesn't get lost in cul-de-sac in his own segment yeah. like he did on stage. Well, he's got an auto cue, hasn't he? He's got a teleprompter, and he has a, um, a team staff. of writers on the show, like a whole writing staff who are hilarious people. So, so in a way, he's like John Cleese, hilarious when he's got a script in front of him, but pretty dry when he's. I know, oh. I've, I've just committed sacrilege, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying. He's a funny, funny dude when he's making sketches and stuff, but I don't think I would really enjoy his stand-up. I think it's good, actually, to contrast him with Amy Schumer because they are two completely different comedians, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Trevor Noah is much more cerebral, I guess, Mm -hmm. and you don't really hear that much, actually, about his personal life. 
I mean, there's a few things about yeah. drinking in Scotland, but that doesn't seem very deep into mm-hmm. it. Like, I feel I have a much better sense with Amy Schumer of who she actually is and what she thinks. Definitely. Yeah, he's definitely way less self-deprecating than she is. Oh, God, yes. But then again, like, how many, like, female comedians have we seen that are not some kind of self-deprecating, like, I'm disgusting, uh, kind of bit? And that's a problem of expectation a, a lot of the time, is if I'm a successful woman, there has to be something wrong with me. Audiences are going to demand that. Yeah, in order for men to relate to me, I have to be disgusting and some way you can't be too powerful no nope. you can't have Mm-mm. it too much in control and then she actually has like a bit in there that i mean in her very dirty way where she comments kind of on the differences between men and women their expectations yes. and their expectations of how they handle having genitals mm-hmm. let's be honest and let me just say as the only person on this podcast as far as i know that has a vulva and a vagina she's <laughs> um <laughs> 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 And there goes the PG-13 rating. We're mature. mature. We're We're very immature, but we're rated mature. I'm really inspired by Amy Schumer, and I'm going to talk about my genitals right now. She's spot the fuck on, you guys. I mean, (laughs) like, sometimes you have good pussy days, and sometimes you have bad pussy days. I wouldn't compare it to a small barnyard animal, (laughs) but... (laughs) <laughs> the whole, it has an odor thing. Like, yeah, because it's on a a, a mammal. Like, there's going to be stuff and people should just get the fuck over it and stop making us do horrible things to ourselves. I think she's really bold. Yes. In what she says and the way she says it. Like, she has no, maybe shame's not the right word, but she won't mm-hmm. let the expectation of what she's supposed to talk about or how she's supposed to feel about those things get in the way of Keep what she has from, to yeah. say. And what does it say about our society where candid body positivity is old? Yeah. Well, you know what? Like, she starts off her set like, I took a picture of myself in my underwear and people called me brave. I loved that segment. And she also bookended it really well. Like, I don't usually see a comedy special end with a callback that goes all the way to literally, like, the first joke you make. Yeah. That's really well done. That's some good writing right there, honestly. Especially as it seemed completely different to the to Trevor Noah. It seemed mm-hmm. natural yes. and delivered as if off the cuff. Whereas, just to compare it again, to compare and contrast back to my school days, the stuff by Trevor was just... It was observational. It was like he was reading off a script. It was over overprepared it was overwritten yes my note for amy schumer literally says more conversational and intimate than trevor noah you feel like he's having a conversation with the audience and with you mm-hmm. and trevor noah is performing for the audience it's a difference my mate and i when we were discussing trevor noah's special we came to the conclusion that it felt like a ted talk on racism yeah yeah i would agree with that it does have more of that tone to yeah. I came away from Amy Schumer special laughing and also having, you know, some things to think about, which is kind of what you want comedy to do. Like, get them laughing mm-hmm. first, then get them thinking. And with Trevor Noah, I just had more things to think about than really laughing all that much. I could tell it was funny, okay? He was yeah. being funny, but I wasn't amused by it. Nothing really made me chuckle, apart from there are like a yeah. couple of yeah, shock like, oh, laughs that really that. made me 
like yeah. laugh out loud. Yeah, exactly. But that shouldn't mm. be what the comedy's about, especially with Trevor Noah, especially what we've come to expect from him. I'm listening to his audiobook, so I know he has funnier jokes about his experiences with racism. And wow, that's a horrible thing to kind of say. He can be funnier. In his audiobook, he talks <laughs> about how in South Africa, there are so many different cultures and tribes and ethnic groups in there that he as a child would move between them and he mm. learned how to speak to them in their accent and that made him part of that group so he wasn't basically you yeah. know beaten on the streets so he had to learn through fire the hard way and he does accents really really well yes like not only does he do the voice very well like when he's doing his indian accent he does the head movement as well like his whole body yeah. performs yeah. <laughs> and that's true yes He's really good at observation. I mean, really good. Yeah. Why couldn't he just be a bit more relaxed about it? I think maybe he was so hyped up. I don't know what it was, but he just seemed rigid. And I think the audience recognised that as well. Has he done a lot of concert work before? Because it's a very yes. different thing doing concert than it is doing a set. Yes. Schumer's been writing sketches and she's been on tour. Trevor Noah's been on The Daily Show. So I don't know if he's just not as... He might have been out of practice. He's out of practice. Or is he saying wrestling ring rust? This does sort of reflect his personality, right? Being that kind of more cerebral, observational mm-hmm. comic is a good fit for The Daily Show because you're. Yeah. it's less about you. You're more commenting on what's mm-hmm. happening in the world and your insight into it. You know, whereas with Amy Schumer... It's much more personal, what she's doing. Yeah. One thing I was actually really struck with when I was watching them is they are both actually giving a physical performance. Like, they're not just Mm -hmm. standing in front of a brick wall Mm -hmm. with a microphone telling their joke. They're moving around. They're using their body. Trevor Noah is using, like, his accents and his movement to enhance those. Mm -hmm. And Amy Schumer, she's really good at using facial expressions, sound effects, and kind of silence as well. Like, she's good at using Mm -hmm. those to make hers stick. Like, they're performing with their whole body. She does something very well, which is using a prop without becoming a prop comic. The wine bottle was so well done because it did not become a character. It was just something there. And that's very, very hard. She used the wine bottle the way that the Rat Pack used the... Yes. Yeah, with Dean Martin. Yeah, Dean Martin and... um... Sammy Davis Jr. I keep wanting to say John Travolta, but he was definitely <laughs> not, definitely not. No, you're in the Sinatra, Rat Pack. Maybe? Frank Sinatra. It's a very old comedy trope that dates back to vaudeville of like, oh, I'm drunk. That kind of, I'm drinking so much, you guys. Ah. They pretended to be swilling all of this liquor and it was watered down Coke because there's no way somebody could function oh, yeah. that drunk. <laughs> like not even them. And they're, they were famous drunks but you just can't and honestly i was watching this with my husband and the beginning of schumer set i was like she's drunk like i'm pretty sure you know she was like "Ah, i'm on my way to a blackout like i i think she was feeling it a little bit it was kind of like those uh that meme where it's like take a picture after each glass of wine somebody has so right. she was like on three or four. So I think she actually <laughs> did drink a lot of that bottle. And her performance did suffer a little bit at first. I felt like her timing wasn't as good as she usually is. But by the time she got to gun control, she was so quick and so focused. Yes. That was actually a really good little bit there. Like I felt that that landed mm-hmm. like a right cross to the jaw. The way that she had done her very dirty material, then did very serious, and then was like, you can do both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was very yeah. strong. 
Yeah. And I really felt like that she really felt for the people that had been shot at her movie. Yeah. I really oh, got yeah. the sense that she like, was personally obviously. invested in that. She brought it up specifically, and it was a moment that she did pause. She treated them with dignity. She waited the moment to let people know about it. Yeah, she wasn't using any of it as a punchline. She wasn't using any of it as a sympathy mm-hmm. for I, I even felt a bit of anger, to be honest. Lucky her, her cousin is one of the most powerful Democrats in the United States, Chuck Schumer, Senator Chuck Schumer. So they were able to try and get through some gun control legislation in the United States. It didn't go through Republican Congress, but... You know, she advocated for it. What you mentioned, Alistair, about her anger in that bit, it was multi-pronged, right? It was anger over what happened, anger over the inability to do anything about it, and anger at people trying to silence her by using her sexuality against her. That her voice had no value. Which they're continuing to do. Mm Mm-hmm. The whole well, debacle with how their her rating on Netflix is lower because trolls are giving her one star just to drive down the ratings on her comedy special because they don't like who she is and how she is as a woman. It's completely outrageous. That's outrageous. If you look at any of the comments about Netflix's comedy specials, it's like, Amy Schumer's a fat, disgusting pig. Her, her, her. It deserves that one star. It's despicable. I mean, she's not just a great artist. She's observational. She's clever. And she's harmless. Mm-hmm. There's no harm in what she does. She's presenting a point of view which, which you know, may be unpopular against... The right wing. Gun owners in this country. Not all gun owners are right wing, but yeah. against gun owners. It's a right that people have in this country, and it's it's enshrined in the, like, the highest document. So you can't really just dump it on one side. Speaking as somebody who's raised by leftist gun owners, are like, you know, like those category people who are so mentally ill, they can't sign their social security checks and people who beat their wives and people on terrorist watch lit. Maybe we should reconsider. She's not a threat to gun owners. She's a threat to gun fanatics, which there are a Mm -hmm. ton of. And gun culture, specifically. I have the same issue with both the middle of Trevor Noah's piece and the beginning of Amy's, and that is I have a very unreconstructed gay man, and Mm -hmm. I just had no in on the material. It took about 30 Mm. minutes on Amy's the exception of her talking about photo shoots she had done, about 38 minutes until I finally felt, okay, I can relate to this now. Hmm. That was actually my biggest thing, was just, I had no buy-in to the material for a while on both of them. Yeah, I checked out in the middle of Trevor Noah's performance, too. Like, I caught myself on my phone, and then I was like, oh, I'm doing a podcast on this. I need to pay attention. I know exactly what you mean. I felt like with Trevor Noah, that if his bits had been about 20% shorter for each one, they probably would have been stronger. Mm-hmm. That less is more in that case. That his buildup for it was, it was probably too long for the payoff that you got. Yeah. So I did a, a little bit of a timer. I mm-hmm. detected the word Trump after nine minutes. You know, he'd got mm-hmm. through his preamble. But we were all bam, expecting first that. First big topic, Trump. Of course, of course. But I was my thing was I was looking for it to start with, and then it is current events and and all. But mm-hmm. I never enjoyed a lot of what he was saying. In fact, I was I wouldn't say offended because that's ridiculous, but because it's a comedian. But I was like, he upset me in a way about how he portrayed you know, his version of historical events. Mm-hmm. And maybe because I'm seeing things through slightly rose-tinted glasses. I don't think his special's <laughs> going to age well. I think that's true. If the world ends and the aliens...
aliens come and they find it and they'll be like, oh, that's what happened. Like, yeah, maybe so. But like in terms of am I going to watch that in 10 years? I mean, I'm not going to sit down with my kids with Amy Schumer until they're at least like 16 or 30. Like, who am I kidding? They're going to watch that when they're, like, 13, whatever. Of course. <laughs> Late yeah. at night. Late at night when you're not around yet. If you tell them they're not allowed to, they'll watch it at their friend's house. But I'm going to rewatch this. would rewatch this, and I would think about the bits or at least quote them. I would watch it with friends. I wouldn't oh, yeah. watch Trevor Noah again. Mm-mm. I actually made a note. I timed it at 18 minutes. I didn't want to watch any more of it. And I was like looking at the timer on the bar <laughs> thinking, mm. oh my God, is this an hour and a half? Oh, that sucks. <laughs> it was really awful. It seemed to like ride from focus group to focus group trying to make each one on the side. I, Ooh, I noticed TV it was, like, writer. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, which people are like, Amy Schumer stole her comedy, la la la. He totally stole that pussies are strong bit from Betty White. Almost word for word. It's a funny joke, and I laughed. Yeah, what I thought was I first heard that from Betty White. I don't know if she originally came up with that joke or not, but she's the person I heard that joke from first. Yeah, I don't know. And it's kind of funnier from her, like, as the proud owner of those things. I was like, I don't really need your affirmation. I suspect that she delivered it better as well, to be honest. One key to comedy is kind of your subversion Mm -hmm. of expectations, right? From Betty White, who's like an older lady, you don't expect her to say dirty things, which Mm -hmm. makes it even funnier, right? That actually, I thought, was one thing that Trevor Noah actually did kind of well, is he would have a setup that was going in a certain direction, but then his punchline Mm -hmm. would veer. I thought that was one thing that he did did well. And I don't really feel like Amy Schumer did that. Mm-hmm. I felt like her punchlines pretty much built directly to her mm-hmm. humor. It never really veered. It was funnier. It was funnier. Yeah. It was funnier, though. It was like you're winding up for a huge punch and then you land it. And it was like a... If you think about comedy as a boxing match, the comedian against the audience, she just... She left me ringing. She really did. Really funny throughout. To extend the metaphor, it takes a lot more effort to come in on an attack halfway and then move into something mm-hmm. else and that's where noah was putting a lot of his energy was to try to constantly to keep you guessing yeah no, sometimes you just have to give them what they want so i'm gonna i'm gonna take this in a very amy schumer direction amy schumer is the person who will go down on you and give you like really great oral sex and then like come up and then just really fuck you and you both have an orgasm and it's really great and trevor noah is the guy who will be doing doing something sexual and then suddenly like pull out a trick and you'll be like oh what's this oh i think i like that all right so that's kind of Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) thanks amy schumer i agree with your dirty analogy that trevor noah has more craft to his work but amy schumer delivers more i wouldn't say it's more craft i think he's more crafty yeah killed the dirty metaphors here he's a sleight of hand job oh yeah (laughs) Uh, that's good that's good (laughs) yeah that's really good so i would rate trevenor afraid of the dark one conquered country out of five i'm a little more generous with it i would give it i think three and a half great indias (laughs) (laughs) i'll give it three and what is the name of your god <laughs> I will give it two really dead on accents. Okay, for Amy Schumer, I'm going to give it 
four bottles of wine you obviously just drank. Um, it would have been five of seven. It would have been five. Hello, Internet. Would have been five, but I'm taking away one star because she was a little bit intoxicated and I'm concerned. <laughs> like with all of the blackout stories and you're a little bit drunk during that part. Like, oh, Amy, Amy. Mm. I think I will give it four and a half small barnyard animals. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it four and a half great photo shoots. <laughs> I will give it four and a half best pussy days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are a work, aren't we? I've said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Every week, we each bring a show to consider watching. We each vote for a show, and we cannot vote for our own show. The show with the most votes is our next show to watch and review. I'm going to nominate Grace and Frankie, partially because I absolutely adore Lily Tomlin, and partially because I absolutely adore lesbian subjects. <laughs> I will nominate Samurai Gourmet. Because of my newfound love for Japan and Japanese culture, and especially Japanese food, I think this show sounds like a very interesting one to watch. I will nominate Iron Fist, oh, uh, which is the newest yeah. Netflix Marvel, not cinematic, television universe show. I've watched about half of it. I think there's a lot to talk mm. about, <laughs> so I think it'll be good grist for the yeah. mill. I will nominate Ultimate Beastmaster again because it keeps coming up on my recommendations for Netflix and I really want to watch Terry Crews. Alright, let's vote. I'm voting for Iron Fist because I really want to hear the debate we would have over this. I will also vote for Iron Fist. I've heard a lot about it from my friends and a lot of contention has been brought up between them. I think it's going to make for some interesting viewing. I will vote for Samurai Gourmet because my new obsession is that British baking show on Netflix, which we can't do because it's not a Netflix show. I love it so much. Oh, I love that show so much. I'm so sad it's over. I'm really excited about Noel Felding being one of the presenters. But is it going to be the same as uh, Mel and Sue? It's not going to be the same, but I think it's going to be its own kind of goodness. I don't know. He's going to destroy some bakes (laughs) in really weird ways. So with that, I'm going to vote for Samurai Gourmet. Oh, we mm-hmm. have a tie. So the last... Okay, so Iron Fist was... Wait, who actually nominated Iron Fist? <laughs> and then Samurai Gourmet was... It was me. You. So you had just had one. So yay, it's Iron okay. Fist. Super Secret Iron Rules. Fist. Secret Rules. I'm the last person. Okay. Oh, man. So we will be watching Iron Fist, and we will have, I'm guessing, a lot to oh, say well, about this yes. show. Yes, we will. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. So that was Trevor Noah, Afraid of the Dark, and Amy Schumer, The Leather Special. You can find all kinds of nerd shenanigans, including our other podcasts, Four Color Nerds, Comic Book Reviews, and Broke Gaming at fourcolornerds.com, or on our Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram. <laughs> oh, God damn it! <laughs> Separate tracks, it's cool, I can edit. <laughs> We need to end on my lady belch. On a lady belch. <laughs> a little belch. Amy Schumer tribute there? Yes. This is one for the uh, outtakes, I'm sure. It was like right in my ears as I'm <laughs> trying to read the fucking copy. <laughs> I can't 
up where I left off. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram. You can find the podcast on iTunes and... Go- <coughs> you can- God damn it! You're ruining my podcasting experience! <laughs> you can find the podcast on iTunes and Google Play Music. On Stitcher. On SoundCloud. And on Podcast Addict. Be sure to rate... Review and subscribe. Be sure to come back next week for another episode. Until then, keep streaming, nerds.